You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. Just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. It's about Dunkin' Donuts. We have Dunkin' Donuts news, which we don't have a sound effect for, but maybe if this becomes more regular, we'll have to think of something. Derek and Steve present. So anyway, Red Sox win the World Series. Um, congrats or whatever. Congrats or whatever is literally what Steve has written in the notes here. I haven't been here for 12 hours. There's no chance I've been here for 12 hours, but the clock says like, 12 hours. Yeah, I've been here for 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have heard it here second, but you still heard it. So <laughs> Yeah, um, that's the point. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 118 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what is happening? Derek, it's good to be back, my man. It is um, good. It's it's weird to not actually see you. I actually got to see you this weekend. I know, yeah. We In hindsight, we probably should have planned to try to podcast, but it was a busy weekend. So It was a very busy weekend. Um, an exciting weekend. I was up in Boston for uh, the Boston College Clemson football game, which also included college game day, yep. um, and it was quite rowdy, and I am still hungover. <laughs> I'm still very hungover. <laughs> Um, but so, but so yeah, so, uh, episode 118, uh, this is, that actually is our opening drive. So we can just kind of start with that to briefly discuss that, uh, weekend that we just had here. Uh, as Steve mentioned, he did come up to Boston, uh, for this game. Uh, he was on the fence beforehand and he, I think you were texting me like at, during that Virginia tech game being like, you know, should we, should I come to this game? And I was like, well, if game day comes, you kind of have to come to this game. Uh, and you eventually booked your flights and decided to come. I feel like uh, I was I was really into it. I was as soon as oh, you we were. as soon as we got game day, I was t- tickets bought. Oh yeah, for sure. And to your credit, you know, like beforehand, you were. I mean, obviously, that's a tough choice to make last minute, and you stuck to the if game day is coming, I'm coming, and that's what you did. So, um, so it, it was. I think it was a great decision. The it was a great weekend. Uh, so just real briefly, BC loses the game, twenty-seven to seven. To me, score sounds worse than it was. They were really competitive, I thought, during this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose their quarterback on the second drive of the game. So we won't really talk about the game itself. I think there's a lot to digest there. But for me, and and, and you can kind of chime in here on your thoughts, I think that this was a massive step forward for the program. Just a great experience on the day. Tons of credit to Martin Jarman, who we've, we've sung his praises for a while for being a good AD. And he really, really pulled this thing together and made it an awesome day for fans, players, media, everyone. I think this was a great... Saturday at Boston College and really a glimpse of what this program could be if they continue to go in the right direction. So what did you think of, of, of college game day on, at, at BC on Saturday? Yeah, no, this was, this was an amazing, an amazing event. Um, Jarman did everything correctly. He extended uh, tailgating by an hour. He um, made sure that the students were in on time. There was fireworks. There was lights. There was the, the, just the game experience was beyond what we've ever seen before and and even during the day at game day um there's a lot of students there and there's a lot of excitement so it it was a massive success barring just one one loss Mm -hmm. um so the only thing i would say is um the the game itself on a national scale kind of stunk because it was boring because our qb got hurt and our defense played well yeah um so that's the only thing I would say is that the nation's probably not like, whoa, BC's back. They're probably more like, oh, that looks fun. Like, cool. I'll, right, I'll watch right. BC. I'll root for BC. Yeah. Um, but but in a, in a game day experience, I think 
we we knocked it out of the park and for players and fans of Boston College and students it was a huge win yeah absolutely and and what I'll piggyback on with that is two things first I did read a lot online that uh, indicated that at least the recruits, you know, so, you know, college recruiting, these players all kind of like, will pick a, like they'll, they'll all come to a game, you know, like that's part of the recruiting process. Yeah. The recruits for this game, it probably goes without saying because of how much of an outlier this game was for the rest of this BC season and, and recent BC seasons. But the recruits for this game, I was reading online were blown away by the atmosphere, obviously. I mean, cause cool. it, it was all the bells and whistles for this game. Um, I was like, blown, I was blown away by the atmosphere and I've, I've been going to games yeah. since for, for, eight to ten years yeah exactly i've never seen anything the experience at the experience at kickoff was so remarkably unlike any other bc game i've ever been to like it it was like everyone on all the players on both sidelines jumping up and down like just just an electric environment um and so the last thing i'll just mention with you uh, you mentioned that nationally it wasn't it was a little bit of a dud for for the game as far as that goes and i think that's true for the for the average fans but i will say that i think I think prospective recruits out there probably had a better appreciation for what happened in that game, losing your starting quarterback on the second drive, but still having a punt return touchdown with the place going nuts right after that. And then battling the whole game, still being like within striking distance until the fourth quarter, really. Um, I have to think that recruits, even just watching that game, got at least the sense that BC can be that the feel of one of those top tier programs. Cause for one night they were. And, and so that's, yeah. I think the best part about it. So, I agree. Um, and my, my last question yeah. to you, Derek, is um, what is my Derek Dragonfruits rating for the weekend? How did I perform? Oh, how did you perform? Uh, let's. See. Oh, that's a. T- I wasn't expecting that one. Derek I had some highs and lows. I'm for sure for your highs and lows. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you an. 89, Derek what? Dragonfruits. I don't even crack. I don't even crack. No, no, 90. no. Let, let, me, let me revise that. 91, 91. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's way lower than I thought you were going to say, to be honest. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me 100. And, well, you were kind of set, you, were, you were setting me up. You, you were saying that you had some highs and lows. So I was like, all right. Yeah, he, I'll send you up for a great compliment. Say like, no, 100% <laughs> certified Pattaya Colada. <laughs> well, you're still certified Pattaya Colada. But all right, well, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to eliminate any room for improvement because then I'll take. I'll take what I can get. What are you going to do you. next game day? <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. In twenty in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, don't boost my ego too much. <laughs> um, so that's it for the opening drive. Um, brings us into the first half today, which is sports as usual. The Monster Jam. All right, so sports. Um, Carrying on with the football theme, we'll start with the NFL. Just one topic here. Um, we're not going to do kind of a breakdown of the NFL every every podcast because there's plenty going on, and we are not in the weekly mode anyway. And you know, we'll talk more about these games and everything come the playoff time. Um, but the one of the noteworthy stories is the Rams and Chiefs Monday night game has been flexed to a different country to America. Yeah, <laughs> the flex schedule is on, and they are flexing teams across borders. <laughs> Uh, the Rams and Chiefs uh, were scheduled to play, which is really cool because this is this has been scheduled for at least a year, maybe two. I mean, I don't know yeah. how long in advance they schedule these, but these are the two best teams in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were scheduled to play in Mexico City, um, which would be huge for the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the field. I, I don't know what stadium it is. Um, probably the Azteca Stadium. Yeah, I think. I believe I saw that. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and the field is garbage. It's it's the worst like conditions of all time. Um, so they had to move the game and it's now going to be played in LA wow. at one of those like crappy 
maybe the Coliseum. I didn't see where, but if it's the Charger Stadium or the the Rams Stadium, it's going to be um, a temporary stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. it's not like that great, but um, it's cool that we'll still get Rams Chiefs on Monday night. Although it's uh, in L.A., which I think is going to be what three hours? Are they going to start three hours later? Are they still going to start at like eight or nine? That's a good question. Um, I would assume that it's going to start at the same time. Uh, globe like the same viewing time for everyone as it was going to be. That would be my assumption. I can't imagine they start a Monday night game at ten o'clock. You know, I think that uh, they they have done that before when they have double headers. But I would assume that this will be your typical eight o'clock Eastern time uh, Monday night football game. Is yeah, my it, thought. Just for um, reference, Mexico City is an hour behind East Coast, right, so right. we probably would have started around the same time. Um, yeah. We'll have to see what they do with the flex a couple hours later, two two hours um, earlier, actually going to L.A. Right, and right, it's the right. best game. It's the best game of the week, probably the best game of the year. So highly yeah, recommend watching for sure. Chiefs Rams next Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a battle of marquee teams. We and that comes with the Rams having just played two weeks ago playing the Saints in a, in what was at that point the marquee game of the year. So the Rams are involved in a lot of these marquee games. Uh, as are the Chiefs. Having, you know, the Chiefs had the Pats a, f- a few weeks ago. So lots of good matchups in this middle tier of the NFL season. Um, and this certainly is maybe the best one of them with uh, Rams and Chiefs going at it. So anything else you want to talk about with the, with that matchup? No, just that I, it's the first Monday night football game I'll, I'll pay very close attention <laughs> to, probably watch the whole thing. Very true. Um, so that brings us into MLB, which is uh, we're in awards season right now. So a lot, you know, gold gloves, silver sluggers, all the awards that are going around. Uh, a lot of them have been given out. I think the only ones we have left, as you've written here, are Cy Young, MVP, and Manager of the Year. Is that right? Those are the only three? That's right. I think Kevin, uh, or sorry, I think uh, Manager of the Year comes out later tonight. Okay, so maybe um, when this is released, it'll be out. But. Yeah, but every, everything else is out. Golden Gloves are out. Silver Sluggers are out. Yep. Um, all the weird ones, like the Hank Aaron Award and the yep. Warren Spann Award and all that crap. Um, but the only ones that really matter are the Cy Young MVP and Rookie of the Year, in my opinion, right. and manager, right. but but not so much. Right. For sure. So uh, so on the Rookie of the Year front, uh, Shohei, what's up, hello, as you uh, anointed his nickname yeah. back at the beginning of the season. He wins it for the National League. Uh, pretty tough to argue with that one, I think. I, even though he didn't he didn't kind of stay in the in the headlines all year, but I mean, you know, when you're when you're both pitching and hitting and you're doing pretty well in both, I think you're a shoe in for Rookie of the Year at yeah. least. Um, and so he wins the uh, NL Rookie of the Year, and Ronald Asuna wins it for the AL. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. Actually, um, so the Shohei ones. Uh, what is that? I thought Shohei, isn't Shohei in the AL? Oh, America. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, you flipped. Up. Yeah, Asuna's in the NL. Right? AL NL. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. For a second, I was thinking Asuna was in the AL also, and I was like, wait a second. But yeah. So uh, Asuna's for the NL, and Shohei for the for the AL. Yeah. Um, so deserving deserving winners, I think, in that. Uh, and then as we move to the Cy Young MVP and Manager of the Year, you have a couple of candidates in two of these. You have the Cy Young candidate and Blake Snell, who might be. Do you know if he's the kind of the front runner, like the he, number one? So uh, I've got the the um, potentials right here. It's Corey Kluber, Blake Snell, and Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. Um, Verlander obviously had an amazing year, but um, Blake Snell, I, I don't have the stats pulled up, should be the front runner. He, I think he ended up with twenty one or twenty two wins. Um, a sub one ERA over his past like eighteen games. Um, didn't have a loss in the past. Oh, know, it has to be Blake ten Snow. to fifteen games. It has uh, to. Be. Yeah, I just pulled it up. It has to be Blake Snell. Blake <laughs> yeah. Snell went 20, twenty-one and five with a one eighty-nine ERA. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and 
A zero point nine seven whip. As the Tampa Bay's literal only starting pitcher. <laughs> there was no other starting pitcher. Our other one went to the Red Sox and won the World Series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I think that, to me, and just taking a peek, yeah, Verlander had good stats, but it, they're not on par with Snell's. Um, so, I, I, I would give Snell to Cy Young. Um, on the other front, the manager of the year, Kevin Cash is a very, very deserving manager yeah, of think, the year candidate. I think Alex Cora is going to win. Yeah. Alex Cora is going to win. He's a first year, uh, turned not turned a team around, but but took a team that was, was kind of in a could have easily hit a downward spiral. Yeah, um, that's a good way switching to put it. Because of the manager, we were, they were kind of at a tipping point, um, and he won the World Series with them. So Alex Cora should win. Uh, Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, is up there because of a he basically sw- within one year changed the way that that managers look at pitchers. Yeah, um, with this with basically a, a bullpen day and having openers rather than starters, where you can yeah. like open the game with. Um, bullpen guys. So he and, and other teams adopted it to to a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's kind of changing the game within that year. So I, I would love to see Kevin Cash win it, just because I'm a Rays fan. But I think Alex Cora is very deserving. Yeah, and I think you even see some of the impact of what Kevin Cash does on playoff baseball. Not not that teams necessarily used openers very much in the playoffs, but just the mindset that teams use was a lot different than it has been in years past. You know, like you look at the way the Red Sox use guys like Evaldi this year. Like they don't like, no, we're not going to stick to this, this typical rotation where like this guy can't pitch today because he's pitching tomorrow or something, you know? And so I think a lot of that is um, building up as a result of guys like Kevin Cash, having the courage to do stuff like that. I think that if you look at their, uh, their results in, in comparison to their expectation, I think Kevin Cash might've exceeded expectations just as much as Alex Cora did. Oh, um, the, I mean, yeah, you, you, you definitely can say that because the the Rays trade away their all-star in uh, Corey Dickerson. They trade away their yeah. franchise player in Evan Longoria. They trade right. away Chris Archer, who was their best pitcher. Like, we were expected to be garbage. Probably and, finished last is probably a common projection they had for the Rays, you know, and, and the Rays and were, and they won 90 games. Exactly. They were within striking distance of, of most other um, divisions other than the AL East because it has the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just one so. more thing about the awards because I got to give a shout out for you because I'm doing shout out for the Rays. Um, Mookie Betts is probably the front runner for the American League mm-hmm. uh, for MVP. It's it's Mookie Betts, Jose Ramirez for the Indians, and Mike Trout. Yeah, who um, Mike Trout? I mean, had one of the greatest years in the history of baseball. He just plays on the Angels. So no <laughs> well, he really also cares. he also missed a lot of time as well. Exactly. He he, he had a, he had great per game numbers, but he did miss a good chunk. I think one last thing on the MVP. I do think Mookie Betts is going to win the MVP. Um, but I think that what's interesting to look at with the way that voters are kind of trending nowadays is J.D. Martinez not being a finalist for the MVP. Mm. Um, I think that's an interesting uh, revelation into how they might view DHs in the, in the, in the modern era, you know, versus maybe what they did five or 10 years ago. I mean, JD Martinez hit like three thirty with like 43 homers and 130 RBIs or something like he, he was close to triple crown, but yeah. he's a DH, you know? So I think that's a, that's a big factor for MVP voters today. So just a little tidbit there, but, hmm. um, so yeah, that's it. Our teams are probably going to clean up on, on these three awards coming up here. No Yankees uh, in there anywhere. No Yankee. The Yankees remarkably have no gold like gloves no either. anything. No silver yeah. sluggers either, yeah. which is which is insane. They led the majors in home runs, but no silver slugger awards. So, um, so there you go. The MLB award season is uh, fully underway and should be wrapping up uh, in the next day. So, anything else on MLB? No, no. Just that uh, I'm excited for it to come back. I think uh, there's going to be some cool storylines next yeah. year. Yeah, 
Agreed. Um, so that brings us to the NBA, which is our last topic. Uh, and so the only thing we're going to talk about here, may possibly get to one other one, is the City Edition jerseys are out. Uh, now, we mentioned this last year when they came out with all four, team, uh, all four jerseys for each team. Uh, we are both, I think, pretty in favor of the of the way the NBA moved here with like the, the Jersey variety and having different cool jerseys. Like we all, we like that. Of course. Um, the, the part that is a twist in it is that every year it appears anyway, the fourth Jersey, which is their city edition for each team is going to be kind of like cycled out. Now I don't know if the previous year's city edition stays in the rotation or not, but they will at least get new ones every year. So that those, those uh, jerseys are out now we're not going to you know, try to describe them all on the podcast, but you can go Google the you know, 2018 NBA City Edition jerseys and you can look at all of those. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the Magics? Um, just on the Magics, I mean, I hate the Magics, but in general, I want to say that I think this is one of the cooler things that's happened in any major league sport um, in a long, long time. Like mm-hmm. I, now, I am now, now that I know that they're actually going to be different, that every year we're going to get a different fourth jersey and it's going to be they're going to test some things there's going to be some terrible ones there's going to be some awesome ones some are just going to flip colors some are going to flip everything um i'm very very much into this i think this is great for the nba people are going to be excited for the releases um you get to rank them um there some are really cool i think uh miami sticking with what they do best and it's that like miami vice script yep. that everyone loved yep. um utah jazz had that old like the red, the red to blue gradient or the red to black gradient jerseys. Mm-hmm. Now they're, it's light blue to dark blue. So they're, they're sticking with a theme, but changing the color. So I'm, I'm into it all. I think it's great. Um, and if you, you, if you get a minute listeners, you should Google the jerseys and pick your favorite. Cause there are some really, really cool ones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to, to cap that thought is I think, um, it, it would be best to me if they keep all the jerseys in circulation. So like, not that I particularly love, like for instance, the Celtics, I do like their new city editions. I don't think they're amazing, but you know, I think they're I think they're okay. They're white with like the yellow or gold yellow or gold trim around the green letters. Um, I didn't like their old like uh, silver parquet ones very much, yeah. but I but I do think that all of your city edition jerseys should be in the rotation. Like you like you you should see those sprinkled in there like for future, you mean future like years. Pl- players? You mean players wearing them? Uh, well, like like the team wearing them for a game. You know, so like yeah. in two, in two years, like I would still not be opposed to you wearing a city edition Jersey from a couple of years ago, if it was good, you know, like, so like Miami with the Miami vice, right? Like if, you know, that's great this year, I don't think it should be put in a coffin and buried after this year. If, if it's a good Jersey, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's a good point. It just, then you start getting into the five, 10 years down the road. You've got, you got a lot, 15, <laughs> 15, 15 jerseys that you're going to, I mean, yeah. it, there's 80 games. So you could, but yeah, no, no, no. And, and I don't, I don't mean like an even rotation. I just mean like you know maybe one game a year you end up breaking out an old one. But like I think, um, not basically. I just mean not making a hard and fast rule that that jersey is now retired kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, break them out once in a while as like a throwback or something. But yeah, as long as they um, don't repeat the actual like new reveal of them. Yeah. As long as yeah, they, yeah, yeah. as long as they don't like bring one back into rotation after two yeah. or three years. Yeah. yeah. Stay creative. Make a new one every year. There's plenty of stuff you can do, uh, or at least for the next five or ten years. There's plenty that these teams can do to make cool new jerseys. So that would that would be my dream job is to to try to develop <laughs> the and because each one has to kind of be uh, connected to the city it's in, yeah, or at least in some way. attempt to. And some of them are really cool. Like the Nets have um, uh, Biggie Biggie Smalls 
um, the sweater he wears for all for all his yeah. album covers or whatever as their trim, and it's like because he's from New York. So yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so there's some really cool connections if you want to like look into them too. Yeah, and, and mo- usually I think like Nike has like descriptions on their website or something. Do they do that again this year? Um, I like, didn't see that. I've just kind of seen yeah. it pop well, up on if, Twitter. If you dig enough, you can find the the origins or like the meaning behind them because they are pretty cool. Uh, the Orlando, the Orlando, <laughs> the Orlando Magic have stars on on their trim, which doesn't look terrible. But their uh, reasoning is it's a because it's the Orlando Magic and it's Magical Kingdom yep. in Orlando. But their this description of why it's that is because all of our fans and players quote reach for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And I, was, I vomited on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, rightfully so, I think. Yeah. So, um, so there it is, the NBA City Edition jerseys. Um, d- real quick, we'll just mention before, uh, I want your one-sentence thought on Jimmy Butler situation. Pro Jimmy Butler. I think he the NBA needs guys like this. Um, they need guys who will call it like it is he, mm-hmm. he didn't like playing for his old team and he said it and he still played for them really hard and got traded now he's going to play for his new team really hard so um, I think that Jimmy Butler being traded to the 76ers is good for the east it's good for Jimmy Butler and it's good for basketball yeah I don't east, think I don't uh, think they're going to be that good like I don't think this it makes the 76ers a, a championship contender but I think it's good for all of the above yeah I agree and it's uh I'm entertained to see if it works out but I think certainly it adds some more firepower to the east so uh, I think it, it was a very entertaining thing, and hey, maybe it's going to be better for the, the Timberwolves too now that that's off of their kind of not a distraction anymore for them. So, hmm. uh, so that's it for NBA. Any other final thoughts on that? Nope, that's it on NBA for me. All righty, brings us to half number two, which is pop culture. So pop culture, um, first topic here, we have uh, some sad news. We have the passing of Marvel creator and legend Stan Lee. Uh, he passed on, was it Monday? I believe yesterday. Uh, I, th- I think it was either was it I think it was either late last night or early this morning. Yeah, so. Maybe today. Um, and so he passes away, I believe, at the age of 95, I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had a point here you wanted to to share, share with the yeah. listeners? Uh, well, two points. One is that. Um, Stan Lee for for all like the the kind of gruff he's given for like appearing in his own movies and kind mm-hmm. of being like a, a nerd um, has changed the face of this planet. Um, Marvel movies are now coming out every two minutes. Um, people are obsessed with them. He he basically created the superhero yeah. um, and the superhero genre and did it while like staying true to himself and and kind of being a comic book nerd at heart. Um, his last tweet, I don't know if it. I don't know if it was from him or from someone else, but um, it yesterday at November twelfth, two thousand eighteen, he tweeted from his account nineteen twenty two to two thousand eighteen, Excelsior, which is like his yeah. his like his motto onward his like motto onward and upward, um, and it's got hundreds of thousands of likes or one point seven million likes, six hundred something thousand retweets. Yeah, um, so he he affected a lot of people's lives and um, basically created the modern superhero genre we see today so yeah it's true props to stanley agreed agreed props to stanley and uh definitely a legend as you put it here um so sad to see him go and i do in my mind it's something he would do to know he was gonna pass away and tweet this from himself 
because that's kind of <laughs> yeah. the guy he was. So in my mind, I'm going to choose to believe that it was him who sent his last tweet of his his date range and just a phrase Excelsior. So in my mind, he sent it before he passed, just like one last like one last superhero thing. I'm da- I'm down with believing that. I will be. I am willing. I'm willing to believe that. So, Me too. Um, so that's it for topic number one, which is uh, Stan Lee. Topic number two is that you have finished The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, and I will say more like The Haunting of No Chill House. Oh, man. That house has no chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't. You haven't finished it, right? I have still not watched more than the first episode, unfortunately. So. Okay, so I won't give too much, too much details, but episode one through nine, I will say the house has no chill. <laughs> Um, and then episode 10, the house has chill. Um, Interesting. So it, the ending is strange. I, I'd like to, if you've watched it and have an opinion on the ending, I would like to hear it because I've talked to multiple people about it. Um, some people like it, some people don't, but it gets it gets people talking. So I think that's mm. probably a good thing in, in the end. But um, yeah, that's my final thoughts. Very good. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I hope they do something similar again. High production value, a lot of like spooks. Um, so lots of spooks uh, during October or even better. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a show that they'll release each season of like at October, like during I October time? I, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the entire thing in October because it was October. I probably never yeah. would have started something called True. haunting of Hill house, like in December, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like right mix, before Christmas, mix it in between <laughs> your Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's it. I, I highly recommend it if you haven't started it. I hi- highly recommend finishing it if you're Derek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. N- uh, duly noted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there you go. Haunting of Hill House uh, gets Steve's recommendation, and I do intend to to finish it at some point, but it is a little bit slower now that I'm not in the Halloween mood, but I do intend to finish it, ideally before Christmas week. So yeah. Um, so next topic, uh, HBO along the TV line uh, has announced its final season of Game of Thrones, which I think we had already heard the rumors about this, but uh, confirmed it will start in April 2019, which to me is is pretty soon. <laughs> and it, yeah. it feel, I'm like, wow, that's already here. Like that, that was kind of my first thought when the last episode of the m- most recent season ended. I was like, oh my god, that's so far away. So it kind of is like interesting the way time just kind of flew by there because I, I had no idea it was coming up so soon. Yeah, so we are we are months away from the final season of Game of Thrones. Potentially, if it all goes well, one of the greatest TV shows series of all time. Yeah. Um, so I could not be more excited. I, I It's great because very rarely do you get that excitement where I'm going to have something really great to do with, with random people or friends for for at least a month, maybe two, yeah. however long it lasts. Like Sunday nights, I know I'm going to go to someone's house and yeah. I'm going to like make nachos or order food and like turn off all the lights and watch <laughs> an hour of something. Yeah, three month, three to five months from now, and I'm very excited. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great. And they, you know, the, I think the time of year they just they just kill it with their timing. I feel like you know, like I feel like every year it's during a time that it doesn't have to compete with that much. You know, like it's. April is like, you know, baseball starting fine. Like you're not going to, you're not going to skip game of Thrones to watch a baseball game in April. You know, it's like, like it's probably going to end like right before the NBA finals start. If I'm looking at like the calendar kind of, it's like, they, they just kind of, they do it really well with planning it. And they, they really let you fully embrace it. You know, if game of Thrones was on during football season, you know, I just, 
it's, it wouldn't lessen my appreciation for Game of Thrones, but it'd be like, oh, well, you know, there's a big fo- Sunday night football game on, or, you know, it's it just, there's more you're competing with. So Game of Thrones does it right. They, they do it at the right time of year, and I'm I'm pumped now for April. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and in, in the era of binge-watching and streaming all the episodes at once, um, it's cool to have one show you yeah. know you're going to have to wait weekly for. It's true. There's almost no other sh- – there might be no other show that I still have in that mindset. You yeah. know, e- even even shows that I might watch as, you know, fairly up-to-date, you're still not going to watch it, like, when it airs a lot of times. So yeah. um, for, a, for a pre-produced, non-reality – drama on tv this is in rarefied air in 2019 for shows that people make appointment viewing you know it's pretty it's pretty cool so get excited get people. pumped up get pumped up winter is coming winter's um, coming <laughs> winter's here winter's here <laughs> um so last topic looks like you have a cozy book corner so i'll fire up i'll fire up the soundtrack do it All right, so my cozy book corner this month, um, I highly recommend not reading it, is The <laughs> Hunger the Hunger by Almakatsu. Um, it's a cool concept. It, it was It's a like z- sort of zombie book, sort of historical fiction. Um, it's about the Donner Party, so the uh, pioneers that crossed from the East Coast going to uh, the West Coast in search for gold and, and whatever. And the real story is they ended up getting trapped in the snow and eating each other to survive. Um, and the real story is scarier than the fiction story because the fiction story was stupid. <laughs> um, there's like zombies involved and there's uh, a lot of different storylines that don't go anywhere. There's plot holes. Um, it was a cool concept. I really enjoyed the concept. Um, it's like a, a period piece almost. Um, you don't hear much about like pioneers anymore. Um, so I liked it. Didn't love it. The Hunger by Almakatsu. I'll give uh, 59 Steve Nicholas avocados not certified guac but if you like that idea um, I recommend looking into the Donner Party because I learned a lot from this book and I kind of wish okay. I read a non-fiction about it instead of this fiction book mm-hmm. right right okay yeah, so, so, so if you're looking for a scary spooky uh, Christmas book <laughs> the hunger <laughs> don't don't get the hunger but get a different <laughs> Donner Party book <laughs> <laughs> all right interesting yeah so 59 is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be when you said you highly recommend not reading this. So, well, <laughs> I, I really, it's, it's my wheelhouse. I yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, historical fictions. I like period pieces and I like, um, like sci-fi. So mm-hmm. the, the, the atmosphere and the, the attempt at the book, I highly, I like really enjoyed and thought I would love right, just the execution right, right. wasn't good. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So there's your, your cozy book corner for the hunger. Mm. Yay. Um, so anything else in pop culture before we move to the final drive? Nope. That is it for me. All righty. Cool. So final drive time. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Derek, I'm going to let you go first this time. All right. I'll take the reins. <laughs> I'll go first. Um, so I, for the second time in three weeks, had another work trip. Uh, I am not becoming a travel guru for work. It just is a coincidence that I had two trips in three weeks. This time I was in Austin, Texas for the first time. I had been to Houston before, but never to Austin. Uh, And most of what you hear about Austin is actually pretty true. There is music everywhere. Uh, It's fairly hipster, fairly uh, cool, I would say. Um, We I didn't get to explore a ton of it because I was at a I was at a conference for the the three days I was there. 
uh, Tuesday through Friday. So kind of the for the Friday was really just traveling. So it was just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I didn't get to explore a ton because of the conference, but did you know go out to dinner each night and stuff. Um, did the did the prototypical Texas uh, array. So we did some barbecue on one night. Did some Mexican and some like Southern Comfort were like kind of the three restaurants that we we hit up there. Uh, obviously the food was great. Uh, you know, if I was there for longer and was able to explore more, I think there's a lot of cool areas of it. Uh, have you been to Austin, by the way? I, I, I have. I, have. I, I was going to, I want to do a tiny mini review. Sure. Of my yeah. Own so, I mean, just well. finishing up mine, I think it was, it was very cool. I kind of wish I had more time to explore the, the downtown areas because really just like all the way down the streets, it's just like energy and music and kind of just like cool stuff going on. So, uh, and that was just on a normal like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night too. So I think it'd be a very fun place to be uh, for like a full trip, including a weekend and stuff. So uh, high props from me for Austin. And uh, yeah, you can chime in now with, with your, your side. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I mean, I went to Austin and did have like the 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 weekend, the day, mm-hmm. uh, the weekend. So I, I got to see like the, the weekday and the, the fun part of the weekend. And it is awesome. It's yeah. Honestly, I think it's my second favorite city, if not my first favorite city in America. Wow, nice. Um, it was so, so fun. And everyone's so nice, and everyone's in a good mood. Uh, people just wait in line for food and listen to music. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. And the barbecue great. place was like a big, long wait in line, and then they like literally chop your barbecue like right there for you. Like whatever you, yeah. you order, like two pounds of brisket, and they just like, this guy just looks at the brisket, and he's like, uh, this, yeah, right here. And he chops it and like, like gives it to yeah. you. But and they cool. don't mind. That's just kind of how they do it. There's yeah. there's no stress. It's it's a very very cool city. Um, yeah. And would they say keep Austin weird? It it's true. Austin's <laughs> yeah, very yeah. weird. It is. Um, yeah. So I agree with you, Darren. So there you go. There's my final drive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my final drive. I'll just a quick little shout out to uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've watched. Do you watch that show? I, I do in passing. I've never really like kind of watched it uh, in a dedicated way, but yeah, either have I. I mean, I've I've kind of watched it on and off for a while, um, and I finally got around to the thirteenth season. I think it's the newest one. I've kind of just watched it on like FX or whatever. And I saw one episode. I think it was the tenth episode uh, called Mac finds his pride. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Mac has come out as gay, and he needs to tell his dad and. It is so unbelievably well done. Like I, I teared up. It was wow. It, yeah, it's a very, very cool, moving episode. So not in their typical array. Like they're very like weird and goofy, and yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of don't ever touch very difficult topics, or if they do, they they don't do it lightly. They do it very heavily. <laughs> right, right. Um, and this was this was a very spectacular. It's just a well done episode of television. Um, so if you know those guys uh, from Always Sunny, it's a very funny show, and you're looking for a very, very, very well done, moving episode. I, I suggest Mac finds his pride, um, episode ten of season thirteen. It was so outside of their um, range, but it was it was amazing. So wow. highly recommend. Yeah. Nice, good to know. So I'll mark that one down. Season thirteen, episode ten. Uh, Mac finds his pride. So. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, recommendation from Steve. So, so that's gonna do it for episode number one eighteen of You Heard It Here Second. Um, I guess that's it. We'll see you guys that's next it. time. We'll see you guys wow. next time for episode one nineteen. <laughs> Later days, guys and girls. <laughs> <laughs>